Don't forget to bring your neighborhood. You guys, I know you got some rowdy youth, uh, youth that live in your neighborhood. You keep complaining. Well, bring them in the presence of God. That will change their lives. Amen. We're all about the young people. How many saw down there the kids are having a great time? All right. Well, today is Heroes of Faith Day, and we're going to give them a lot of candy, so they're going to be hyped when they leave today. So uh, we're not responsible once they leave the grounds. So um, take them. I think you want to take them somewhere where there's no sugar uh, so you can detox them. But we're going we're gonna to put all the sugar in them, and we're going to give them back to you and say, God bless you today. So also a couple announcements on there. You know, ladies, next week, 2nd and 3rd of November, you get to take off. Come on now, go shopping. All right, we've been talking about stewardships. You know, and Ms. Don will lead you on how to shop properly. Okay, all right. And she said, any place is a cheesecake, that's where you bring that home to me. All right. So, so we have that going on, and a couple other announcements I'm probably missing. Oh, no, February. I mean February, November 10th, on a Saturday, we're gonna want to say thank you to our military. We get to do this every year, our veterans. We get to have a parade right out here, and what we get to do is give them coffee, give them water, and we have the kids involved. It's a family unit. The kids are taking wagons down, and we're blessing our heroes of today. And we get to do that on that Saturday at 9.30. The parade starts at 11. We're fully done by 11.30. But can we come out and really support our men and women of the armed forces and tell them how much, how grateful we really are? Because a lot of us don't understand what's going on and what's, what they've been doing the last few years. But I'm here. They put their life on the line every day. They're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no such thing as a day off. And I think we as a church, we always want blessed to be a blessing. We want to reach out to them. So what we want to do is just on the practical realm, show Jesus in the practical world, give them something to drink, something to eat, and a conversation. Because I, they warrant that. They earn that. And where else when they get the love of Christ? Except through the church. So if you can come on out, sign up at our welcome desk. If you want to help out, go ahead and do that. On the 11th of November, we're going to have our ver- first annual Thanksgiving potluck. Yeah. Come on, somebody. We're going to have turkeys. We're going to have hams. We're going to get together on a Sunday evening at 5 o'clock and have some food down there and have a great time. And just thank God for you guys and thank God that he's God and thank God for Grace Point Church. But all it is is having some food and some fun. And we're going to have a lot of food. And I want you to really, that's what we call about connecting. Remember I said this before. Sundays were friendly, but during the week we want to become friends. And last time I checked, the way you become friends, like the old school, is over a meal. And we just bring, you bring enough for you and your family and a friend. But come on out. We're going to have a great time. And why not get ahead and usher in uh, Thanksgiving and just we're going to pray out at the end of the evening for everyone's travels and make sure they're going to be okay. But we're going to have fun. So, again, you'll see a lot of things we want to do is gather because one of our um, mission statements is connect, okay? And that's our mission. But, our, again, our vision is to re, uh, reach people and build community. How do we build community? One meal at a time. <laughs> and if you got a lot of chocolate cake, I am honored <laughs> because I tell you what, chocolate cake is of the Lord. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you heard. Okay? That is a food group. Also, if you look in John chapter 21, okay, charcoal is the other one. It's in there. Charcoal fire. Jesus knew charcoal. I believe he had Kingsfoot back then. He didn't have that cheap stuff. He had Kingsfoot, that long burning. 
Not that quick match. You had to put a lot of fluid on it. And by the time that fish was looking good, wasn't it? I believe they had some cakes there, too. Can you tell I like to eat? Y'all pray for me. I just confess my sin to everybody. Really, it's about having fun and being real. Okay? Um, Guys, don't ever be afraid to invest in relationships. Because a lot of people come to church and they say, well, there's just nothing, nothing I can connect with. Well, you got you to connect first before someone's going to connect with you. That's why we build in events for you to connect. So, um, so you can, we can come together and be one and get to know one another. I know a lot of guys here, we do, what we do is our little um, 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 fantasy football and Alan's killing us all on fantasy football and Another guy who just signed up, he's killing us all. But you know what we get to do? Have talk smack online. And, and um, other guys were connected football. I mean, I even like, I even like the Dallas Cowboys. Because it's, it's a spiritual thing to do. <laughs> Long standing joke. Anyway, those are some of our announcements. Again, go to our uh, welcome desk and sign up. Also, we have a bulletin. All that stuff's in, in, in your bulletin. And everything you can find information out, welcome this. Amen? All right, we're going to finish up our crisis series. How many have been enjoying it? How many went home last week and created a budget? Wow. How many broke the budget in three days? One hand. <laughs> no, it's honest. It's like last, it was good intentions, but no, really. Um, that's what we talked about last week. They're going to close out this week with a call, The Power of the Seed. The Power of the Seed. The seed is powerful. And how everything in our lives starts with a seed. Even the way we all got here started with a seed. I'm not going to go any further than that. But everything we do in life starts with a seed. And let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Um, I'm going to be using the ESV version. Let's just jump into this. The Power of the Seed. Now, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. You know about Paul. He was an apostle to the Gentiles. Paul was a missionary. He planted this church. He was on his third missionary trip. Also, as Paul was taking up, he's talking to a bunch of givers. And he's talking to them about they put together an offering every year. Because if you knew about the Jerusalem church, it's almost like when we were in Station Okinawa, when they gave their life to Jesus Christ, they walked away from family. So they had no support, and the only support they had was from the church of Jesus Christ. And what he was doing every year, he would take an offering, and he would collect it and take it to the the saints, those believers in Jerusalem, because they they were limited on finances. Okay? Though on Paul's missionary journey, as anything else, as it grew bigger, Paul had some issues with the leaders. He had some people who was, oh, you know, when you do something great, someone always tries to come in. And try to erase that. Well, he had a problem with that. His reputation. He was fighting for his reputation of being an apostle. They were calling that you a money grabber. Now, it's interesting about Paul. Though he was an apostle, he was a tent maker. He didn't ask for money from the church. He supported himself um, building tents. And then he preached the gospel. Same thing when we talk about church planting. The most powerful person in a church plant is the tent makers. They move into a city. And they find a job. And they help out the church. And they're not worried about getting anything from the church except Jesus being glorified in that city or that particular town. And that's what Paul was doing. He was, in, he was doing that, and he had the accusations against him. So there's another young man, Titus, 
who he raised up. And a young young man, they were going to come take the offering. Paul was not going to touch the offering, and he was going to go. They were going to take it to Jerusalem. He was going to go with them, but he wasn't going to take it because Paul wanted to live his life above reproach. Okay? Someone asked us the question the other day, why is that box in the back mounted there? Because us leaders in Grace Point Church, we want to live our lives above reproach. We don't want to touch your last, if you're late with your offering or your tithe, we don't want to touch it. We'd rather have you put it in the box. And if someone else has a key, don't have a key, they open it up and then someone else counts it. I don't look at it. All our leaders want to do that because you never know, and we know about life today, the first thing a lot of people think when you talk about finances, it's always seen the church has a bad name. But what Paul was even saying here, I want to live my life above reproach. Don't want to touch it. I don't want to give them the indication that I'm doing it. So when you catch up with this, this is what he's talking about. He starts really in, in chapter 8, and he's talking about the grace of giving, because giving's a grace. Once you plug into God's grace, it isn't a, it's not a matter of how much. It's just how, how much you want. It doesn't matter how much you give, but you love to give. Because it's a grace. Once you plug into that grace, it's like a stream going down the, down the flow. Like the first time you gave you 10%, you're like, ooh, that hurt. And then you start getting to that grace, you're up to 30%. Like, hey, that's all I, I can give 40. I can give 50. I can give 60. And you say, how can I do that? Because of the grace of giving. Because what God, when you supply God, God supplies you in a big way. Not to get money, but to get so much things that's not, money's tangible. But he gives us so many other things untangible, like peace. How many need some peace today? Yeah, it's untangible. He gives those things as, as givers. We look at the uh, monetary things, but it's not about the monetary or the things. Because, we got, guys, we got so much things. I learned that when we were in Okinawa, Japan. Our neighbor had one table in the middle of the floor where everyone sat down and ate. And a refrigerator this small. And we said, and, and, and they had, it was, it was a sin because they had an oven that couldn't fit a cake. <laughs> so we had to go bake the cake over in our apartment and then go over there. And they always said, you Americans have so much stuff. And they did. We loaded up things. And even when we went there with nothing, we came back with everything. And they kept their little life simple. Because I learned after all these years, things do not give me peace. Only God of heaven gives us peace. So what we're looking at here is a, a snapshot of what Paul's saying in these verses. And I want to unpack this about the power of a seed. The power of the seed. Starting in verse 6. And I love the way he starts this. The point is this. <laughs> Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. Can I stop there? That got me this morning in prayer. And God is able to make. That's your scripture today. God is able to make anything you're looking for or asking for. He is able. The, gov- the government is not able. The president is not able. Our may- mayor is not able. Only God is able. And when you that's a declaration of faith, you want to start your faith walk, let's know in your heart that God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all 
I love the little words. I looked up the word all in the Greek. You know what it means? I looked up in the Hebrew. You know what it means? I looked up in the Aramaic. You know what it means? I looked up in the English. You know what it means? All right. So y'all know what it means. All sufficiency in all, in all things. At all times you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Remember verse 9, if you look at Psalms 112 verse 9, that's where he cross-references it. You want to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament. Paul used the Old Testament a lot. But let's look at what he said here. He's taking finances and money and he's putting in an agricultural set. Like giving is like sowing seed, and the amount of the harvest is determined by the amount sown. It's like seed. The amount of the harvest is determined by the amount sown. Okay? That's what he's saying. It's like being a farmer. You plant seed, you expect what? A harvest. How about if you don't plant anything? What do you get? And not just in money, in everything. I was a young man in the military, and I wanted to make staff sergeant. I figured if I just keep a 9 EPR those days, and I did my job, and I go to the club, I will get promoted. And I met this old man. He said, young man, unless you study, you're not going to get nothing. Don't expect nothing. That's what he mean. You got to study to receive. What he was saying is you got to sow to receive. If you don't do anything, don't expect anything. That's what he calls that. You know, he said, you're insane. They can talk to you in those days back then. You know, we didn't get our feelings hurt. They told you to get over it real quick. You're insane, right? If you're going to give, you don't give anything, but you're expecting everything. That's insanity, isn't it? Well, this is what the Bible's saying here. Then he goes into this other part. How many, how many love, oh, really excited about giving? How many raise your hand? Three people. No, he likes, he said, I like, and God loves a cheerful giver. Not a mad one and not a sad one. You're going to see some of your faces when we do the tithe and offering. <laughs> then every, I've noticed that's when the bathroom line gets longer. Right? No, give it, don't take it. Sad, mad. They don't need your money. They don't need my money. Remember, I said God doesn't want your money, He wants you. The true test that He has you is He got your money. Okay. That word cheerful in the Greek, it means hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, hilarious. Hilario. The word hilario in the Greek means it's hilarious. How many know what hilarious means? Right? When someone tells you a joke and it's funny, right? That is hilarious. Now you're saying, why would Paul put that in there? Because the next statement is this. It is the free decision to give that renders the gift unacceptable. Renders the gift acceptable. If I compel you to give, God's not going to accept it. If you're a mad giver, God's not going to accept it. Remember I talked about Cain and Abel. Cain did great things, but his heart was off. He was not a cheerful giver. 
if I got to make you, but a free decision, which giving should be your decision, because only you can say how much you want to reap. We can't predict what you're going to reap. Only you can make that decision. But it renders the gift acceptable to God. See, God's all about the heart. It's not about the action. See, when you give it away and you don't really give it away, this is how you don't really give it away. You give it and then you're expecting a return on Friday. That means you really haven't released it. You're expecting it. And if it don't happen like next Friday, next Sunday, you're not getting a dime. Uh-oh, I'm hitting something here. And it's not about that. It's about a loving relationship. It really is. Giving's about a relationship, not about the works of it. Because, you know, giving is not what we do. It's who we are. Why? Because God is a giver. I think Sammy said this, Pastor Sammy said this this morning, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Mago Day, God in us, we're naturally givers. That's why we're so excited when Christmas comes around. We love it when we give because that's part of our nature. When we go against that nature, we're the, I've never seen a depressed giver. I've always seen a depressed hoarder. Never seen a depressed giver. Why? Because you're starting to walk in the realm the way God created us. Everyone thinks we got too much traffic in the world. We don't have too much traffic in Abilene. If everyone would give someone some slots, we can zip her on through. You know why it's jammed up? You're not getting ahead of me. Right? It is, right? All you got to do is zip her. Now we have lights in big cities, and they still break the lights. They don't go through the lights. They go through the lights anyway. But that's what I'm saying. It's our nature. And what he's talking about here also, he starts to unpack what, I, what is called the law of seed time and harvest. The law of seed time and harvest. God created the earth with certain laws, like the law of gravity. Certain laws we have no control over, right? Law of gravity. What goes up, what's must what? Okay, then. We have no control of that. But in the law of sowing and reaping, we have all control. Now, that is part of our language. And now scientists call it cause and effect. Now, when you grow up or when you have children, this is some of the parents' line. If you, what goes around, see, that's in the Bible. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing new on the sun, as, as, uh, as Solomon said in, in uh, Ecclesiastes. We thought we created something new. We all grew that. And then some of the mystics call it bad karma. If you sow good karma, you have, you'll get bad karma. Right? Cause and effect. And God calls it the law of seed, time, and harvest. You know, in um, Genesis 8.22, thank you, sir. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. This is God making a covenant with Noah after he flooded the earth. He said, no more will I curse the ground because of man, because man has nothing but evil in his heart. But I will continue to have a fertile ground. I will have seasons. Now, we live in West Texas. Sometimes we jump from uh, cold to summer. But our, our soil doesn't change much. It doesn't change much. Because the way God created the earth, he wanted to make sure 
If you ever browsed over this, you need to really look at this because he's making sure that we'll always have something. We'll always have crops. We'll always have animals because God has set it up in motion that there's going to be a seed time and there's going to be a harvest. Now the seed, a lot of us read this way, seed and harvest. But the time, how many have a a tough time with the time? Right? Because our time is our time. But God doesn't work on our time. He works on his time. Now I have a question. Is God ever late? Is God ever too early? Is God always on time? So relax. If you're sowing good seed, it's going to go on the ground. It's going to come up. It's going to be a harvest. Now, for those, and we're going to talk about those, you might have sown some bad seed. Some man told me, doing our grass in West Texas, you don't put nothing down or it's a bad time, weeds come up. How many feel you got some weeds in your harvest? Our, in the, our um, only thing we want to do is go kill the weeds. He told me this, to get the weeds, work on the grass. Let the grass choke out the weeds. Because you might kill the new grass if you're trying to spray for weeds. What I'm saying, if you've sown some bad seed and it's starting to come up, plant some new ones starting today. And then let that rise up and wipe out the old. Like we're talking about being filled with the Spirit. It's not about taking something out. It's about being ever filled in the Spirit of God. Always being filled. Always being. You're always pouring. And as you're pouring, the water gets clearer. You flush it out. Remember the old school when we was able to learn how to flush out our radiator? Don't know how to do it now. It's kind of complicated. In fact, they, make, they set up that you can't even touch it. Anyway, that's why they can charge you $600 just to look at it. Anyway, I'm having a flashback. Anyway, but uh, you flush, you flush and flush, and that what comes out. The clear comes up. The grass comes up. Because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. So you never, can I give you something? You're never too late. It's never too late. And, and he also said this. Remember, we talked about all and God is able to make all grace abound to you that's having all sufficiency in all things at all times. You may abound in some good work or every good work. Every good work. He's saying this to the people. Hear me on this one. Money's not your sufficiency. God is our sufficiency. Money is not our sufficiency. God is our sufficiency, which means if you don't even have a dime sometime, you have God all the time. And he should be enough until the dime shows up. And that's when you're sufficient. Sufficiency is having peace within, not outside. It's within, all sufficient. Make sense? So he is our sufficiency, not money, not things. The world sells us some of stuff because they think we'll be happy if you buy it. I mean, how many, you know, I remember we grew up. Living room furniture, you kept that forever, didn't you? Know what we got excited about? When we got the new plastic slip covers put on them. <laughs> you got a new, you know. <laughs> we scraped, you know, we scraped the floors, the wood floors. We scraped them. We did as kids, okay? Parents just watched us. That's what they're supposed to do. 
Hint, hint. Any parents having problems? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and we put new slip covers on the, on the furniture. And we were happy. You know, and if it wore out, you went to get it reupholstered. Remember them shops? I'm looking for a guy who fixes shoes. They don't do that anymore. Where's the cat? I mean, my tops. Where's, I mean, I'm wearing these things out all the time. Where's the guys who make shoes? This is a good job. If anybody's looking for a job, start it right now. I got 20 pairs of shoes I need to get fixed. My wife got 30. Said, <laughs> so Lord, say you embarrassed. You embarrassed both of us because we're a team. Hey, right, hon? Yeah, I, I love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> there goes my chocolate cake. <laughs> Let's look at four blessings of sown seed. We're going to look at it at verse 10. Okay? The first one is seed for the sower. Seed for the sower. And the Bible has different types of seed that's mentioned. You know, and there's what they call the agricultural seed. You see that in Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. When he talks about a seed produces after its own kind, which is the greatest thing when I just told you. If you have some bad seed in the ground, it comes up. Put some new seed in the ground, have some new ground come, some new uh, harvest come up. So it represents, it, it reproduces after its own kind. It talks about in children are seeds. How many believe children are seeds? That they give, God gives us to us, those, those children, for us to raise them. And they become from diapers to walking and the word no, right? How are we doing? To I want, I want, I want. I'm in school. I want your car. <laughs> and I need some. <laughs> so that seed, you want to put it back in the ground, don't you? <laughs> but he's talking about this, which is so significant in Genesis chapter 26, verse 4. In your seed, all the nations will be blessed. Guess what? That was God talking to Abraham about Isaac, and we're all part of that seed. We're the blessed people that he was looking at way back then. That's how powerful a seed is. It's not about the seed itself. It's how many trees are in it. It says in the last one, the word of God. In Luke chapter 8, verse 11, word of God is a seed. That goes into, our, goes into us and grows up in us. It's like taking some of that good bread with some milk. It goes down small, but it starts to fill the belly. And the pressure on the inside is really great. Feeling pretty good. That's what the word of God does. It expands. And each time I read it, you read it, something new comes out. It's like yeast going in come, it gets, and grows up in you. Especially when you're in a jam, that what you read starts to come up. And you start to remember it starts to take root. It starts to harvest of peace and joy. When everyone's going crazy, what happened? You have the seed of God, the seed of all in you, and it starts to rise up around you and protect you. And also he talks about his money. It's just seed. That's all there is, a seed. The second one, bread for food. Bread for food. Talks about that. He said, because uh, one thing I love about this scripture um, God reveals his very nature through his names. Do you know God's character is in his name? Jehovah means God. Now, Jehovah Rapha means the healer. That's good stuff, ain't it? It's more than a lingo. It's the truth. That's his nature. That gives you peace. But in this one, he's called Jehovah 
Jireh. The Lord will provide. That's a promise. The Lord will provide. Sometimes you get in the jam. You got to remember the Lord will provide. Because sometimes you get in a place where no one will understand it. But you got to have in your mind Jehovah Jireh will provide for me. Because that is his name. And it's very important to have a strong name. We all grew up with people with weak names, weak characters, but a strong name who's true to his name, Jehovah Jireh. That means my name is I will provide. And that's where you get Philippians 4.19 from, where Paul spoke this again. And who's God? Say that. Who's God? Does it say my supply? Isn't that a statement, one of the powerful statements? I will supply some needs. What's all mean? This one says every need of whose? According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, last time I checked, Jesus is rich. I love that name. Richer than First Financial Bank. You don't need insurance with God. When he says he's going to do something, that's what he's talking about, Jehovah Jireh. When you read that scripture, Paul's talking about they were going to give, the Philippian church was giving him finances. And he says, I don't want nothing from you. I'm just looking at your bank. He says, like a bank account. You're just stocking up your bank account toward God because you become rich toward God, not toward me. And that's what he says. And my God will supply every need of yours because he recognized that because he was a tent maker. And he was stoned, left for dead, beaten more than once, snake bitten, shipwrecked. He didn't just go to Walmart and preach the gospel. He went to some places where people didn't appreciate it. Because when they preach the gospel, the economy changed. And everyone's happy when the economy changes. And his, our God supplied every one of his needs. The same way our God. And all of us, I always say this, my mom used to say this, don't complain too much because you're still here. Next one is multiply seed. Multiply seed. Now, it's interesting that um, Paul, when he talks about that, he will multiply the seed. Okay? If you look at the uh, meaning of the two words seed in verse 10, the first word is the Greek word for sperma, which means that the, the seed that's sown has life in it. There's an old version of a guy did a quote, what, live, what you give lives. So the seed has life that you sow because it's blessed by God. Whatever you sow has life in it. The second one is the one he's going to multiply means sparring. That means a seed that already's been sown. And you're like, where do we get the word sperm? Right here. Seed. Sown. Is blessed. That which he, re- what he reproduces. Sparring. He only will bless and multiply that which is sown. If you don't sow it, he won't touch it. It's like a drive a car. You don't put gas in it, what happens? It's not going to go anywhere. Make sense? I'll make it practical for you. But he also references, really, what he did. He quoted one of the, one of the most powerful passages in the Bible, Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. So when we read it all the time, sometimes we glance over it. 
For as the rain and the snow comes down from where? Heaven and does not return there, but water the earth, make it bring, making it, making it, not you making it, God making it, bring forth and sprout, giving seed to who? And bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and it shall what? Succeed in the thing for which I sent it. That's why you live your life every word of God. Not by bread alone, by every word, because every word is true. Every word will come to pass. Every word is powerful. Every word will change your life. It's guaranteed by the one whose name is Jehovah Jireh. I can't find a guarantee anywhere else. I really can't. Try it when I walk without God. I look for it. Maybe Social Security will do it. It doesn't work. Maybe my pension I get now from the government. Maybe that will work. It doesn't work. Only guaranteed return is God and his word. And he, last time I checked, he makes it rain. He makes it snow. He grows the crops. Farmers don't go out there looking at it. When's it going to grow? They got other fields to plow. It'll, it'll grow. It'll grow. They do a whole bunch of fields, and then they come back when it's time to harvest. They don't go look before then. They come back to harvest. Why? Because they know what they put in the ground is going to come up. Same way with our faith. See, this is another part that we miss in giving. Our faith. Our life is about faith. Our faith in Christ, our faith in God's work, our faith in everything. We live our life by faith, not by sight. We don't get consumed by the economy. We get consumed by God. Because it will succeed. Whatever you plant under God's name shall succeed. When I don't know when, because there's time in between that. But as long as I'm on that time, I'm on God's time. I'm on good time. It's the best time. Versus my time, because it'll fade away. Three aspects of the law of seed time and harvest. Give it to you straight. You only reap what you sow. How many agree with that? You only reap after you sow. How many agree with that? Now, you always, oh man, reap more than you sow. Now, don't count your dollars, count your blessings. Count your blessings that you're breathing. I'm counting all the blessings down the hall. Look at all those kids down there having a great time. What a blessing. Tomorrow's life. Man, why? Because we want to invest. We want to sow into our kids. One man told me this before. I want to sow into our children so they don't become liabilities. They become assets. It's like his college degrees. All I got to sow into those things. So they don't become a liability, become an asset. So when the fruit, the seed that we put them comes and blossoms. And some of those kids from back there lead us in worship here today. Because it was seed planted in them a long time ago. That just grew up and grew out. Got to be in a place where good seeds going in the ground. Don't get discouraged if you're dealing with old seed. Plant some new stuff. Get up and plant it. Don't sit in it and look at it. I can't look at my backyard and say, I wish these weeds would go away. Take some action. 
to tell you in the military, get up. Stop looking like you're left behind. I wrote this this morning. Some of us need to don't let our challenges make us a doormat. You need to take your challenges and make them a doormat as you step into God's presence. Too many, um, too many uh, believers are walking around like they're doormats because they're having some challenges. And you have served the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Lord will provide. He's your healer and everything else. And we're walking underneath that thing? No way. I'm walking on top of that thing. So I got to tell them challenges. I'm stepping on you. Because it's not about losing. It's about enjoying the life and the breath that God has given me, every inch of it. And when you sow, you reap. The last one is increase righteousness. How we handle our finances is a barometer of our spiritual health. It is. As you get to sow and you start to give, you start to trust God. And you know what happens? Everyone thinks, oh, I did a good thing that I'm going to have that vacation. You know what God does? He adds to the list of opportunities. He increases the opportunities, which increases my righteousness to give. See, we're more than just uh, a people. We're symbols of God's blessing. When you say I go to church and I'm a believer in church, people start to examine you a whole different way. You will become the ambassador, which it says, that God is good in the midst of a storm. God is good in the midst of some lean times. Because in the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as a lean time. As long as I have him. And there'll be days, that's all you got. But when God says, hang on, in Galatians 6, 7, for in due time, I love that due time. That means that's God's time. I shall reap if I don't give up. And my righteousness, not mine, that God has given me. Why? We read last week. It's his joy. Enter the joy of the Lord. It's his joy. It's his peace. It's his grace. It's not mine. I can't manufacture it. I just walk in it. That's the fun time about it. Not that I don't care, but I'm not shy to declare it. Because it's weird that you give and you receive the same way you're trying to build a bank account right now. But your bank is in heaven. And they don't need an FDIC. He don't need permission from the government to give you something. All you got to do is call on him. Hey, I'm glad you finally got to me. That's how he speaks to me sometimes. Did you exhaust everything else? Now you really need me. So share all that with you. Let you know. Some of you are in a place waiting it's in good soil, do it. Some of you have sold some bad seed. Don't look at the weeds. Plant some new grass. Make a commitment to plant some new grass. Last time I checked, it's never too late to start over again. As long as you got breath in your body, there's seed to go in the ground. If you have a $5 seed, you sow it. You got a $2 seed, you sow it. And not just money. You got to sow love. Sow that grace. You have problems with people, sow love to them. That'll mess them up. 
Why are you so nice to me? Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. Here's an action step I want you to take. It's going to be up to you. I'm going to show you a video that really gets me going about church planning and how we can be part of that and where it takes for us in faith to sow. For those, like Paul did, he had to take up an offering. For those who are destitute, who don't have anything, what we're going to do is take up an offering for those who don't know Jesus, that church will be planted in the neighborhood where they can find Jesus. And you know compulsion to give if you're a guest. But if you're a member or ever a tender and God's on your heart, it doesn't come to us. It goes directly out here. And I'll give you instructions. Why don't you? I hope this, this video really impacts your heart. Why don't we show it? 